Good morning. This is Talking Animals on WMNF. This is the Hurricane Ian edition of Talking Animals. I'm Duncan Strauss, and I'm speaking to you remotely from my house on the other coast through the technical assistance of DT, Dwight Terry, our chief of technical operations here at WMNF, and others at the station working hard to ensure we can continue broadcasting and keeping you informed about Hurricane Ian and other important news. My huge thanks and admiration to them. Also, programming note, Kathleen Edwards, who had been announced as a guest today, postponed her visit with us. We will reschedule as soon as possible. My guest today is Father Andrew Hayes, rector of at St. Clement's Episcopal Church in, in Tampa. St. Clement's will be hosting its annual Blessing of the Animal Celebration this Saturday, October 1st. Yes, right on the heels of Hurricane Ian blazing through the area. Father Andrew and the church not only aren't canceling the blessing, but for the first time since 2019, it will be an in-person event. This is a reflection of St. Clement's status as a distinctive, particularly animal-friendly church. For just one of many examples, at Saturday's blessing, one part of the day involves blessing the animals inside the church, where they say they anticipate seeing dogs, cats, skunks, a goose, among other creatures. And children of all ages are invited to bring their stuffed animals, which will also be blessed. These constitute just some of many examples of what makes San Clement uniquely pro fauna. Other examples include the church's new people and pets ministry and their monthly pet-friendly Sundays. We'll learn more about these and hear about Father Andrew's dog, Winston, who writes a monthly column for the Parish Magazine. The column is called Words of Winston. When I speak with Father Andrew Hayes in just a moment or two here on Talking Animals on WNF. Another programming note, I failed to thank Bev Capshaw for hosting last week in my absence and delivering a stellar show. Thanks, Bev. Later in today's program, I thought we'd return to our roots a bit, by which I mean in the earlier years of Talking Animals, we'd routinely feature one or more animal songs in each show. So later on this show, today, we'll play one animal song for sure, maybe two. Right now, though, let's talk animals, church, blessed animals, blessing of the animals, and so on with Father Andrew. I don't know that we can accommodate phone calls today from listeners but I do invite you to join the conversation by actually by emailing dj at wmnf.org or texting 813-433-0885. This now is Father Andrew Hayes back on Talking Animals on WMF. Good morning, Father Andrew. Good morning, Duncan. Thanks for the invitation. Thanks for joining us on uh, Talking Animals. First, how are you guys doing over there? Does everybody feel safe and protected against Ian? Yes, we have uh, a mild amount of rain and there's a few gusts of wind. We're, we're very appreciative that we're on the good side of this hurricane and uh, we keep all the people who are, um, have been affected or are in, t- in anticipation of being affected in our prayers. Well, that sounds really good. And, and as I mentioned, it sounds like we'll talk more about the blessing of the animals, but it sounds like you have absolutely no plans to uh, cancel or postpone the, the blessing. No, we realize that uh, a lot of people who may otherwise have been turned up will be doing clear up jobs. Uh, some of the rescue services and other people that are involved in uh, bringing um, the rescue pets and uh, what they do uh, as a day-to-day job uh, may be affected as well but we thought that people would still like to come and even though it may be a smaller affair you know everyone's welcome that's great we'll circle back to that in a little bit but a central reason that we're talking on the show today not coincidentally is that you're clearly passionate about animals in a social media post last night 
I called you a dog nut, in fact. Uh, I don't know if that's if you consider that inflammatory language or if you actually agree with that assessment. I've been called worse, let's put it that way. I okay. appreciate, yes, I am I am nuts about uh, animals in general, uh, but particularly, uh, yeah, dogs are my favorite. And give me a sense of history. Does that love for dogs go as far back as childhood or when did it really kick in to that degree? Yes, uh, it uh, begins with my first ever black and white mutt called Bobby when I was, you know, as, as far back as I can remember. And since then, for most of my life, uh, I've had a dog, you know, Bobby, Mandy, uh, Chalky, and then there was Toby, and then there was Barney, and then Winston is the first, he's the kind of off-key dog because he doesn't, his name doesn't end with a letter Y. <laughs> yeah, I was just noticing there was quite a string there and then Winston interrupted it. Well, for sure. <laughs> I certainly want to talk more about Winston, but uh, it sounds like he kind of broke the mold in various ways. Oh, yes. Uh, but it sounds like, too, from rattling off all those ones, most of which end in Y or Y sound, over the course of your career, then, did you pretty much always have a dog with you at, at each church? Yes, yeah. Um, and he, the dog always accompanied me when I was doing various things in the church. So it's, it really is the case of love me, love my dog all, quite often the other way around. Yeah. And how common did you find over those years was it among your colleagues to also have a dog? Uh, when I think about it, it's pretty rare. Um, uh, this is most of it's in the Church of England back in the UK. Um, but off the top of my head, I really can't think of anybody I know uh, who has a, a dog. A lot of cats, but not really dogs. And why do you think that's the case, Father Andrew? Because it seems like, as you uh, certainly make uh, clear in all kinds of ways, I mean, it seems like sort of a natural, obviously not only a natural companion, but just seems like a natural complement to being at a church. And as you say, as you go around, people respond to you, but they also respond to whatever dog you happen to be joined by at that moment. So why do you think it's as uncommon as you say it is? Honestly, I don't know. Um, I know cats are very companionable and uh, yeah. they're less demanding, of course, with a cat. Um, uh, they are your boss. Um, so maybe uh, it's something to do with that. And uh, um, in the meantime, that uh, having a dog uh, gives you a responsibility to take it out. And when you do that, you meet people and people do respond to the dog. And uh, you, you're invited into people's lives because of the dog um, in, in a way that maybe um, you just nod to one another on the street and no conversation would take place. Yeah, that's the thing. It seems like it almost can't help but cultivate more sociability and, and certainly would, would be a hedge against any kind of solitude that there might otherwise be. So it just seems like even though it's a little obviously a little more effort maybe in, in some ways than mm -hmm. a cat, it just uh, I'm surprised that it's as rare as, as it turns out to be. Yeah, I mean... There's companionable. I don't think there's any difference in, in the quality of the clergy just because they have a cat rather than a dog. Although, you know, uh, I'm sure there's that element of cat person versus dog person that, uh, um, which is kind of fun to have. Um, yeah. um, but uh, yes, it, I do think that uh, uh, when I go on my rounds going for walks, uh, around where I live in, in Land O'Lakes. Um, the this curious thing is I, I know lots of the dogs. You know, I see them from a distance. Go, ah, that's such and such a dog. And I know the dog's name, but I have a terrible memory for remembering people's names. So yeah. when I describe people, it's by their dog rather than by who they are. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Well, again, I think that's just a measure of your priorities, probably, in some some respect. <laughs> well, that's, that's not, perhaps not a good priority to have, but it's an accident. No, no. <laughs> but, it's, but it's understandable, at least in the context of uh, this show, for sure. Oh, so, yeah. 
so you, you kind of mentioned about some of the things that are pluses, like getting out and about and, and meeting and greeting. But um, what else exactly does a dog do for you as someone who's clearly been a dog lover from childhood and right up through in this moment? Um, well, he a dog provides me with um, uh, a being to bounce ideas off. Um, it may seem silly that, uh, you know, I'll be just sort of speaking out ideas, but uh, um, a dog will give you a certain look and I've kind of gotten used to the idea of uh, my dog saying, well, that's a good idea. Or or conversely, well, that's the most stupid thing I've ever heard. And and I've kind of run with that idea that, uh, you know, there is this communication between uh, us that that actually um, changes me uh, and in a way makes me a better person. And that's just within the confines of doing my day-to-day work uh, on the computer. And when it comes to meeting people, the, the, the dog can become a conduit for uh, communicating where a person may not want to talk to me directly, but we will use the dog by patting the dog on the head and saying, ooh, it's a tough day today. And, uh, you know, I will pat my dog on the head and say, yes, it's really hard, our things. And the dog becomes the, the medium through which a pastoral conversation can take place, which probably would not have done face-to-face. He, yeah. He, yeah, he instills confidence in people. Right, or, or also just that presence. I mean, can mm. you, see that? you see that in other situations, uh, unfortunate courtroom and, and cases where kids have been abused in one way or another, yeah, yeah. and they can't really articulate it, but you bring that dog in, especially one that's that's trained in that regard, and then the conversation slowly starts to happen, which by most yeah. accounts wouldn't happen or wouldn't happen to that degree without the dog in that room. Yes. So I totally understand what you're saying, but because uh, uh, I'm sure people come to you regularly for help, guidance, feeling low, feeling grief, feeling all kinds of things. And uh, and is Winston pretty much uh, always present when they do? And now he's a lot older, no. It's actually um, the 10th birthday of uh, his rescue today. Oh, wow. Uh, so he's been getting extra treats and he's, he's lying down on his favorite bed and just um, throwing out commands now and again, even though it's uh, miserable weather. He says, when are we going out next? Right. Yeah. Well, happy birthday to uh, or anniversary slash birthday to Winston. And just to back up for a sec, when you're bouncing ideas off him, can you kind of describe the expression where you get support for that idea as opposed to the expression that is displayed when he's maybe not so sure you're on the right path? Well, since I've started using my dog um, for writing the parish articles in the, in the monthly magazine, uh, I've kind of created a persona of who the dog is. Um, yeah. And so I I work with a kind of mindset of how does the dog see the world? How does the dog see this particular subject that I may be interested in writing about? And what language would he use? And especially when the dog sat by your side, um, what amazes me is that um, we can spend so much time with an alien creature, basically, but is so part of who we are that uh, we feel um, incomplete without them around us. And it doesn't matter what kind of pet you have, you know, from a stick insect to um, these uh, friendly skunks. Uh, to cats and dogs, doesn't matter what kind, that we we allow them into our homes and um, we allow them to speak to us in, in different ways and they change the way we see the world. And when I allow my dog to do that, that's when I can write stuff down from a perspective that I don't have. 
And, and because I've created this persona for him, I mean, uh, Winston is a wannabe DJ from Miami. So he brings this kind of um, effect, this attitude towards what he writes. And he, he speaks the truth and it doesn't matter how hard it is for people to hear. Um, and therein lies the benefit of me writing in uh, from his perspective, because I'm sure that if I'd written all these things down over the years, someone somewhere would have got upset and I'd been fired by now. <laughs> yeah, it's a great device, but I hope you're oh, not yeah. somehow breaking news here that the column that I've already announced uh, in many ways that is written by Winston. I hope you're not saying he doesn't write it. Oh, he does. Oh, he does. Okay. Yeah. Okay. He has particular keyboard skills. Yeah. Well, that which is impressive by itself because I think <laughs> without the opposable thumb and just with relying on the dew claw, you wouldn't necessarily think he could navigate around the keyboard that well. But that's part of the wonder of Winston, I think. Yeah. Yeah. He's definitely a hunt and peck kind of keyboardist. Sure. Well, that, that's that. I think that only makes perfect sense. So. We'll come back to probably a bit more Winston in a moment, but I'm wondering, especially as I think more about the fact that you said over your years and travel that dogs are tend to be a rarity uh, with your colleagues and at, at various churches. So I'm wondering at the same time if your feelings as a as a fervent dog devotee have tended to influence the churches that you've been at. For example, like what were things like at St. Clement, do you think, before you arrived? What, what, what year did you get there? I was trying to remember this morning. Yeah, I arrived at the end of 2006. So I'm now in, almost in my 16th year of being the rector there. Wow, yeah. Mm. And so I'm sure you know or, or, or filled in. What was the general feeling and attitude about animals back then in 2006 when you arrived? Well, I think the Episcopal Church in general has a uh, a good history with, with our understanding of uh, animals as part of God's creation and pets in particular. Um, this boater on Saturday, uh, Blessing the Animals, is our 35th uh, anniversary in a church which is over 60 years old, a parish that's over 60 years old. So there's a history that precedes me. Um, I just think um, some of the people um, saw me uh, as somebody who would get behind them to um, increase the uh, presence of pets within the parish uh, and kind of uh, make it uh, not more important, but just um, emphasize it more. And I think we've done that. And God brings certain people into your life, and, and those people have had this love for pets uh, and have run with it. And particularly since COVID, we've kind of revamped how we see ourselves. And that has brought new life to this, what used to be um, the Blessing of the Animals Festival and a ministry all of its own has now become a people and pets ministry and has really spread out into the community. And I, I love that. Yeah, well, I definitely plan to explore that because that does seem really uh, distinctive and, and interesting and great and, and just the, the ways that it helps people, which we will delve into. But um, let me let folks know, this is Talking Animals on WMNF on Duncan's Strauss. If you just tuned in, my guest is Father Andrew Hayes, rector of St. Clement's Episcopal Church a distinct, in Tampa, distinctive, particularly animal-friendly church, which offers the blessing of the animals this Saturday. October 1st. We're not ideally set up to take calls today, but if you would like to ask Father Andrew a question or offer a comment about blessing of the animals, about their general 
take on animals there, Doug Winston, or anything else, please email dj at wmnf.org or text 813-433-0885. So at the risk of uh, asking kind of a dopey and or rhetorical question, what more precisely does the blessing of the animals mean? Like, what does it do when people arrive there on on Saturday? This time around, it preempts the... um the celebration of St. Francis of Assisi, who is known as the kind of uh, animal saint. And uh, so the blessing of the animals um, recognizes that uh, all of God's creation is good and we should celebrate it. And uh, so we will be meeting in church at around about 11.30 for a very short service, uh, wherein each animal will be individually blessed. Uh, And this year, for those um, who bring their children with stuffed toys, uh, we will bless those too, because sometimes um, the stuffed toy becomes a surrogate for the animal the parents won't let the kids have. (laughs) So uh, we want to make sure everybody can feel a part of uh, of the event. Um, And we've had tremendous success in uh, getting some rescues in, um, including uh, Newfoundland uh, rescues, who we hope will be there again on Saturday. They are beautiful, beautiful creatures. Uh, And the idea that there has to be a rescue for them is, to my mind, really sad. But I'm glad that there is, uh, there are people who are willing to create such a rescue and care for such a beautiful and large, and I, I think, quite a rare animal yeah for sure newfies are uh just so uh so wonderful and just there's something super engaging about them mm-hmm. yeah yeah so let's back up a little bit because covid and various related protocols affected pretty much well everyone and everything for a time what were the adaptations required to enable uh san clements to uh, continue offering the blessing during those i guess two two years maybe yeah uh, where those those kind of protocols were in place. Well, by this time, we were doing drive-through communion. Um, so we're fortunate the way the, the church plant is laid out, that we have a, a kind of roundabout. And uh, a fellow priest a colleague of mine and myself uh, would distribute communion through the uh, car windows as the cars came up. And uh, someone suggested that, well, why don't we do this for a blessing of the animals? It's, uh, um, it's, it's not risky. Um, the pets still get the blessing. We still communicate um, with the owners of the pets. And uh, it, so for the past a couple of years, that's what we did. Um, people would drive up, the windows would go down, um, the cat, the dogs would stick their heads out and we'd bless them. The cats would be in their little um, carriers and uh, we'd bless them. And uh, we did have a couple of snakes, maybe a couple of lizards, uh, nothing more. I think we may have had uh, hamster as well, but nothing really exotic. Uh, yeah. But it worked really, really well. And it, it allowed us to keep in touch with people that we basically see only once a year when they come with their pets and we could uh, catch up and it was great fun. It was, it was really good. Yeah. Well, so it sounds like even with the limitations of COVID that there were many, many pluses uh, nonetheless. Mm. Yes. Yes. It was, uh, 
it was a good time. And uh, it must have looked really weird to have these two priests dressed in, you know, in their cassettes and surpluses and, um, and these cars coming in and windows rolled down, then a dog, the dog's head rolling, at, uh, sort of coming out with the tongue lolling away and then they just move away. <laughs> it must have looked like a strange sight, but we did get some wonderful photos as well. So uh, yeah, good thing. And, and I'm sure at least one wag might have said, um, do I get fries with this? As they <laughs> yes. You know, so one does, nobody said, uh, do you do hot dogs or something? I don't know. <laughs> right. Yeah, absolutely. Well, anyway, so back, yeah. So this year, uh, it's in person and it's, uh, back to kind of the way it was pre pre covid and uh so as you've noted uh, not only the animals will be blessed inside the church uh, per the original custom mm-hmm. but also it sounds like depending on who may or may not have their plans altered by ian's wrath that you do expect it sounds like some rescue groups and pet adoptions to uh, to be taking place on hand yeah. as well Easy pet clinics, we hope, will be there with the low-cost community vaccinations, um, which is new for us, um, but is a marvellous opportunity for people with cats and dogs to uh, get their vaccinations up to date for the, you know, um, for, for at cost. So, the, you know, the, and we will be able to help if, if people uh, are not able to pay for that. We, you know, we as a church uh, have a fund set up that should be able to help them as well. No, I think that's so, so great. It's just, uh, again, it just, uh, just tracking kind of what the church has done and what it's doing and just new things it introduces. It, it just seems like there's always uh, an emphasis on how best to treat the animals, how best to help uh, members of the church or others um, look after their animals if they're hitting a, a tough patch financially or otherwise. And um, it just seems like, like a real fundamental devotion and, and that uh, at least implicitly the questions that you guys are asking yourselves often is like, well, how can we do more or better for the animals and the humans that, that live with them? Yeah. I, we've really been blessed we, when we, we set up with this new ministry of people and pets, which was to expand what we were doing into the community. We were, we were thinking small at first but through people like Anna Cook, who's the editor-in-chief of the New Barker magazine, who came to see our first uh, uh, pet-friendly service and took photos and then put them on her Facebook page. Through that and through the penny saver newspaper, we made contact with so many people who wanted to help us to expand. Um, so we've got like Rhonda Eldridge of the Community Pet Project, which is a kind of like a... Uh, well, I'll describe it as a meals on wheels for people's pets, uh, which is just incredible. And, you know, that is incredible service to the local community, to uh, easy pet clinics and uh, the tam- Tampa's best dog treats and chews, all who are getting involved to help us uh, expand our horizons. So uh, then we've got a, a really good group within the church who... Um, it really is a ministry to them to yeah. uh, not, not only to care for pets, but to care for the people. Um, and we, we, the slogan that came out of all of this was working to keep people and their pets together. And these are difficult times for so many people. Uh, and as, if we can help, we will. Um, and it doesn't matter who they are, you know, it doesn't matter if 
if they don't have to be local to us, but if we can help them, we will do. And uh, that is our promise to the community. Yeah, that's so great because once again, um, much like you sort of noted, which I hadn't really even thought about uh, when it comes to the blessing, sometimes you only see those people uh, during that one that one day. So, so the the thing that's clear about all these efforts is that uh, you're happy if someone's a member of the church and and you can help them, obviously as well. But mm-hmm. you have obviously no limitation or requirement in that way and whoever needs help if you can help you will yeah yeah uh, i'm sure duncan that over the years you've, you've been uh, on radio and been involved in uh, animal welfare uh, you'll have come across these kind of uh, associations that come out the blue where uh, somebody starts off small, but it just explodes because there are so many other people who are invested in the care of so many different types of creatures yeah for sure as you know, right right now, I mean, so many people I think are are having a, a tough time, and, and you you uh, you see that shelters and and uh, rescues and stuff just because people are the inflation and the skyrocketing costs of fuel and groceries and all kinds of things uh, have greatly limited people's ability to to look after their pets. And yeah. uh, so the fact that you guys can step in what, what sounds like almost regardless of what someone's situation is and even regardless it sounds like for what you said there at one moment uh geographically where they are that you're happy to help if you can oh yeah yeah uh we as part of this we've set up a a pet pantry um and we're getting lots of food pet food coming cats and dogs uh coming in and various other things that uh so if we if we've got it, we will um, hand it out and probably we'll be doing on Saturday, you know, the food. And, and uh, um, if, if it's a need, we will try and help people to, to fulfill that need for their pets. Um, as we started off earlier on, you know, I mentioned that um, a dog to me is without my dog, then I'm, I don't feel complete. I feel that part of me is missing. And I know I'm not on my own in, in that thought. Um, they really are family. Yeah, that's really interesting because it's your own, I'm trying to assess this, but from what I know and just what we've talked about today, it just seems like so much of uh, what St. Clements is doing is at least indirectly, if not directly, uh, a byproduct of, of your own long-standing love of, as you said earlier in the show, not just dogs, but all animals, just because it seems, maybe I'm just not traveling widely enough, but this seems really unusual as churches go to have this degree of support and involvement and programs and services. So, I mean, you would probably know better than I. I mean, do you find many counterparts to what you're doing at St. Clement's or is it indeed as rare as it would seem to me? Uh, off the top of my head, I, I know that many, many churches get involved with the blessing of the animals for St. Francis Day. Um, sure. And I'm, there must be other churches similar to us, and uh, we're just fortunate that we've um, managed to, through uh, other people, um, um, have our ministry uh, noted uh, to a wider public. Um, 
I would hope that other churches would be as interested in doing this uh, and the you know parishioners getting involved in this particular ministry because uh, it really is a necessary one. Yeah, this reminds me, I actually just got a, a text that brings this point up to me in a way. Is there a way for people to communicate with you? Like, let's say they have a, a, an animal that is having a bit of a rough time or struggling with an illness or some other kind of infirmity. Is there a way for them to send you a, a note, an email, a text, uh, something, and just have you pray for, for that animal? Sure, yeah. Um, if you go to our website, which is, um, it's stclement.net, but it's S-T, S for sugar, T for Tampa, clement.net. You'll find um, the phone number and the email addresses uh, to contact, and um, we'll get back to you as soon as we can. Uh, to do that. And we'll, especially over this weekend, well, over this week, uh, we'll be monitoring our emails specific, specifically. So if anybody would like us to contact them, we will do. Yeah, that's really great. This is Talking Animals on WMNF. I'm Duncan Strauss. My guest is Father Andrew Hayes, Rector of St. Clement's Episcopal Church. We'll hold the Blessing of the Animals this Saturday, October 1st. But as we're hearing, offers all kinds of other animal-friendly programs and services year-round. So again, today, all things considered, we're not ideally set up to take calls, but we absolutely invite you to uh, otherwise join the conversation by emailing dj at wmnf.org or texting 813-433-0885. If you have a question or a comment for uh, Father Andrew, that would be great. So anyone who's heard this much of the conversation at this point, Father Andrew, We'll hardly be surprised that the church offers so-called pet-friendly Sundays. You made reference to it, but it's really a monthly opportunity for people to worship alongside their pets, really, at, at two different services that morning. How, yes. When did you introduce that, and how has that gone so far? Uh, we've just done our third one, and it's gone really, really well. Um, we have It's the third Sunday of every month, and there's an 8 o'clock, which is a kind of quiet service with... Um, a traditional um, worship, and then there's a 10 o'clock, which is the one with music and the hymns. And um, we've had um, mostly dogs, which is not really surprising, um, yeah. but we hope to kind of extend that to different animals. And I think a lot of people are very leery about bringing their dog, and the usual statement is, oh, my pet is are really good outside, but if I bring them inside in, in with, when there are other dogs around, um, he, the dog may want to sort of start barking or uh, running around while well, they're on leashes, but, you know, wanting to say hello to other dogs. That doesn't seem to happen. Um, I had one Wamarana um, uh, dog uh, just kind of comment on a sermon um, and the dog was absolutely correct about what I said. Uh, but that was it, you know, just one or, one or two woofs. Um, even dogs that are supposed to have a bad rep, you know, that's kind of a, a snappy dogs, they seem to chill out when they come into the service, you know. And uh, when you consider that sometimes when we've had uh, the blessing of the animals um, and the place has been packed with dogs and cats and other animals, and it's usually the humans that are the noisiest um, and the, the dogs and the, the animals themselves are very, very well behaved. Um, and they all come forward in a line to get blessed. Um, and it's the same with the, the uh, Third Sunday People and Pets services. 
um, the, the people when they come to receive communion uh, or to receive a blessing um, will also have their pet blessed as well. And so far, it's been, it's been really, really good. It's been, brings a different energy to the service. Sure. No, I would think so. And it's interesting that the, the concern about barking or doing whatever they might do, because the people who listen to this show and, and the people who host this show, for that matter, tend to be huge animal lovers. So I think would likely embrace this idea enthusiastically if, if, if they were churchgoers. But some people, of course, aren't all that comfortable around animals or have allergies, let's say, or other medical conditions that don't allow them to be yeah. uh, near animals. So how does that work? Do they just not choose not to come to those services or? Uh... We do have a quadrant of the church set aside for those people who want to steer clear of the animals. Ah, um, okay. So there's that. I mean, unfortunately, we can't sort of guarantee there's no dander or anything that would cause yeah. allergens. Um, but as it's it's one week out of a month, uh, the, the one or two people I know of who are allergic to pet dander, they're more than happy to uh, um, just watch us on uh, Facebook and YouTube um, and then come the week afterwards. Uh, so it's, you know, it's, it's worked out well. We, we really don't want people to uh, feel uncomfortable because uh, of, uh, of, of the animals. Um, and they know it's the third Sunday of every month, so they're not surprised that it's going to happen. And um, everybody thinks it's a great idea. So uh, we've yeah. got the blessing of everybody that I know of anyway. Well, and again, it just, uh, as we've kind of been discussing throughout this time, it just seems like a natural outgrowth of a church that's singularly kind of devoted to animals and, and again, animals and their peoples. Because I'm sure the flip side of the people that, that have concerns about the pet dander or whatever, uh, so many people must be thrilled to be able to attend services right alongside their dogs. Yeah, it, it was really one of those moments where you thought, why have we never thought of this before? Um, yeah. I think part of the reason is that the, um, the clergy have never sort of warmed to the idea because they've never thought of it either. Um, but uh, once, and I can't even remember who sort of broached the idea of doing this, um, but it it soon became apparent that this would be a natural extension of who we are, um, both as the people of St. Clement's and also as uh, Episcopalians and Christians who care for creation, that it, that it feeds into both of those. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, it makes perfect sense, but it, it's just such a tremendous idea. And then, of course, uh, even as I ask you about some people that might have concerns, you guys have already thought to have like this quadrant set aside for people that hopefully could still attend, depending on their either objection or medical condition might be. So yeah, so even even they're kind of well looked after in the midst of trying this kind of new cool idea for the animal people. Yes, it's kind of an extension of um, some of the lessons we learned during COVID, where you try and protect everybody uh, as best you can. Um, but there also has to be something from the other side, uh, you know, where the people say, you know, if, um, they have to be responsible for themselves to a certain extent as well. But if you give them the information and you try your best, then and everybody works for the good, um, then it works out pretty well. Yeah. Well, these kind of ideas that we've talked about, the services and the, the, the pet ministry, like how do those ideas come together? Do, do you and others say, hey, I just thought of something or... Winston helped me think of something or whatever the case may be <laughs> um, and then present it. And then how does it go from maybe the, 
the seedling of an idea like that to saying, you know what, we are going to try services the third Sunday of the month? Um, we had a, a what was called a core group meeting a few months ago where uh, we invited the Holy Spirit into this meeting to uh, give us voice of how we thought God was leading us. And out of this came three very distinct ideas. And I think none of us in that meeting would have actually thought of any of those ideas. Um, but with it, with the uh, people and pets, um, it was um, it was their um, the fact that they were on fire to want to do something um, that they, they were really invested in this. Um, and out of this came a committee uh, of ministry. And you, normally committees, um, you know, they they start talking, start talking, start talking, and eventually something may happen. But from the get-go, this committee was determined to make things happen. Uh, and in very short order, um, we are, all of a sudden we were having the third Sunday of um, first uh, people and pets service uh, and that went down really really well and that that success built up uh, and we like i mentioned with the the new barker magazine coming to take photos uh, and the uh, publicity we got through that um it just gave us um an opportunity to make contact with so many wonderful people who are, are equally as passionate as we are um to get involved in the community and it, it it's it feeds both ways and it's it's just incredible so um we can say that God planted the seed, then people started doing the work, and the work has just been blessed beyond anything we could ever have imagined. Yeah, and it really sounds like kind of the ultimate uh, committee experience where things actually are getting done and moving forward and not getting bogged down in this thing or that thing or whatever kind of complication. And it just sounds like it just moved along nicely, and, and next thing you know, there you are. Yeah, exactly. And I have to say that uh, my input into all this is is kind of limited. Um, uh, people come to me with the ideas they've already discussed and uh, you know, I'm like amazed and thinking wow, I, I never would have thought of that and because I am a dog owner I, I see how it would work so uh, yet again it, it's, it's being invested in animals which gives you um, that insight into yes this will work, let's do it and then the, the committee, the minister goes off and makes it happen and it's like wow, this is just incredible well, uh, Father Anna, we're just about at nearing the end of our time. I do want to quickly hit a couple other big points before we uh, uh, have to say goodbye for today. But uh, one, one is that the schedule for the blessing of the animals, just because I think it would be helpful for people listening who might be considering it, and there's some other details, that, or a detail at least one in particular we didn't touch on. So the schedule, as I understand it, is at 1130, it, it opens. 12 o'clock is the blessing service itself. 12.30, there's the pet vax uh, clinic that we talked about. Yeah. And then the one thing we hadn't talked about, although we talked about ways that you guys help uh, through the ministry and otherwise animals uh, and their, their humans with food, there's also, uh, for the blessing of the animals this Saturday, there's a picnic for, for food for all comers. Uh, yes. There's yep. A there's a free picnic. Yeah, no charge. So that's uh, that's just wonderful as well. So, um, yes, that's great. So, again, I just want to remind people that to find out more about this and other things, the blessing and other things that we've touched on, things maybe that we haven't even had a chance to touch on, the website is stclement.net. It's S-T-C-L-E-M-E-N-T dot net. It's dot net, by the way, not dot com yep. or dot org. It's dot net. And uh, 
So we've been speaking with Doc, with Father uh, Andrew Hayes. I think that I've got some sort of huge built-in honorific there because uh, I keep saying <laughs> doctor, but, uh, but that's 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 a, that's a good kind of mistake to keep making. I think all in all. So just call uh, me doctor. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So so Father Andrew, thank you so much for joining us today on Talking Animals, and I hope the blessings with huge success on Saturday. I'm just so impressed with all the other things that you guys do and offer and keep introducing over there at uh, St. Clement. That's really great. So thanks again for joining us on Talking Animals. Well, thank you, Duncan. I appreciate taking the time. Absolutely. In a moment or two, we'll hear at least one animal song. That's coming very soon. Right now, though, we're going to step into the comedy corner. This is Alex Edelman with a piece called Coco the Gorilla in today's comedy corner on Talking Animals on WMNF. Can I have a round of applause if you've heard of Coco the Gorilla? A few of you guys clapping, some of you not. Coco the gorilla, for those of you that don't know, is a gorilla that speaks fluent sign language. And in 1999, this is true, Coco met Robin Williams. And last year, they told Coco that Robin Williams had passed away. And Coco went, Coco friend, Coco sad. Which is sad, but on the plus side, how funny was Robin Williams that even gorillas were like, this guy is unbelievable. Have you seen Jumanji? It's a little offensive to us, but still. My comedy hardly works if you're not a Jew from New York City. Robin Williams crossed the species barrier. Second of all, and obviously, did they have to tell the gorilla? That Robin Williams had passed away? She wasn't gonna catch it on Twitter or anything like that. So it made a conscious decision to walk into a gorilla enclosure. Just like... Hi, Coco. Can you put down the banana? We have some bad news. And they tell Coco, and Coco's like, It was Alex Edelman in today's Comedy Corner with a piece called Coco the Gorilla, taking from an appearance at the Just for Laughs Comedy Festival. Now it's time to hear an animal song, not just any animal song, but an old talking animal's fave, not just for the possible entendre at work here. This is Ray Wiley Hubbard with Snake Farm on Talking Animals. Like Tempest Storm, she dance like little Egypt. She works down at the snake farm, snake farm. It just sounds nasty, snake farm. Pretty much is snake farm. It's a reptile house, snake farm. 
got a keen sense of humor. She got a tattoo down her arm. It's a python. In a little mouse wearing a sailor hat that says Snake Farm. Snake Farm. It just sounds nasty. Snake Farm. Bernie Mus is Snake Farm. It's a reptile house. Snake Farm. Nothing to do in the winter now and then some kid gets bit at the snake farm. Snake farm, it just sounds nasty. Snake farm, it pretty much is snake farm. It's a reptile house. Snake farm. That was Ray Wiley Hubbard with Snake Farm on Talking Animals on WMNF. Coming up on WMNF, the music kicks all the way back in with Scott Elliott from noon to 3 p.m., a glorious three hours of music, followed by Robin Hooper with yet another three hours of music. And, of course, this is all depending on Ian accommodations, but typically then we just keep the music coming as we roll into our block of Latin programming and beyond. All here on WMNF and WMNF.org. Meanwhile, on this show at the moment, as a prize for Name That Animal Tune, I'll be offering something fabulous from the Talking Animals Vault to the first person who emails. Not a call today. Please email your guest to dj at WMNF.org if you can correctly identify this animal song. It's Name That Animal Tune on Talking Animals on WMNF. rocket launch the trophy wives of the astronauts and i won't listen to 
to their words Cause I like birds Okay, if you can name that animal tune, please email dj at wmnf.org. Meanwhile, we've just about reached the end of today's edition of Talking Animals on WMNF Tampa. Next Wednesday, my guest will be Dr. Eric Eisenman, founder of International Veterinary Outreach, which seeks to create healthy communities free of animal suffering with a huge global reach. A really interesting organization doing interesting work. Looking forward to that conversation next Wednesday. I hope you can join me for that show next Wednesday. I also invite you to visit TalkingAnimals.net for audio archives of every show we've ever broadcast. Apple Podcasts are available there too, as well as on other podcast platforms. There are also links to all our social media pages and you can also subscribe to our newsletter to find out about our guests a couple of days beforehand and other news from the Talking Animals world. Thanks again to DT and Sean Canan for technical assistance today. I'm Duncan Strauss. Thanks very much for listening. Have a good week. Be kind to animals. Be kind to others. Be kind to yourself. Stay safe, as they say, but super important, obviously. Ian is looming, and we're just hoping everybody is where they should be and staying safe. This is Talking Animals on WNF Tampa, Brandon, Clearwater, Largo, Wikiwachi, and beyond. We'll see you next Wednesday right here on Talking Animals on WMNF. Thanks so much.